With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host, Neil Pickup, and it is on. Mother Fluffers, welcome back to the show. Neil Pickup with you here, World Arm Wrestling League this week. And if you were listening last week, you will know that we had an incredible show. Ryan Bowen and Rob Vigent Jr. in something of a verbal gunfight. Well, we haven't had enough. I haven't had enough. And I've received a lot of messages saying that you really wish we hadn't had to cut last week's show so early. Well, your wish is my command. Ladies and gentlemen, we kept the lads on the line a little bit longer. And part two of Rob Vigent Jr. Ryan Bowen is coming up. Let's have it. Ladies and gentlemen, I bet you thought we were going to leave it there, didn't you, last week? Well, I'll let you into a secret. We thought we were going to leave it there as well. But after sitting here and literally having the easiest job in the world for just over half an hour and enjoying every minute of it, we carried on. By the magic of podcast technology, we've moved forward, morphed forward by a week. But this conversation's still going. For anybody out there that feels like this conversation might have been going on and these guys have still been arguing for that entire period of time, I can pretty much assure you that had they had a direct line to each other, they probably still would be. Here we go. Rob, the last time we had Ryan on the show alongside yourself, he just told us that he was excited about the fact that his progression was going faster than anyone and everyone around him. Do you think you're in a similar place to that in some respects, mate, because it's fair to say that you've corrected a lot of issues in your game within the last 12 months. Yeah, I think that there's really, I think I've been skating by on some of the tools I have and uh, some of the strengths that I have that were just at a really high level, but I can come back from every event and see really uh, holes, even if it's something as simple as, the mental game, the strap game, uh, my setups. You know, I've had a history of giving away a lot in the setups, giving away a lot in the starts, uh, going out there and I'm kind of a, a ghost for the first two rounds, kind of letting people just tee off on me. Straps, I fought them, I hated them, I wouldn't accept them. And when I finally accepted them, accepted them, uh, they've been good to me. I've been winning in the straps. And if you look in the past, the people who have given me trouble are all in the line of these things that I am now starting to address. You know, I kind of uh, ostrich put my head in the sand to a lot of these things, tried to get the rules to change, that this isn't real, this isn't fair arm wrestling, and it all, you know, muddied up my game. So for me, I've, uh, I always come back with something that I can improve on. So even when I think I'm riding high, I see a lot of areas that I can improve on. And with recognizing that, it changes kind of the way I'm training and just even starting to train regularly, getting with a regular group, getting regular table time. It changes my conditioning. It changes my mental outlook. It changes the directions. And so 
a lot of the things I'm doing is all just very new. After each event, it, there's there's new things that come out of it. And this is only really since the WAL Super Series has come around. That So about a good solid year now of just trying to like address things and change. And I think I walk into each event a different version of the person who was at the event before. So as people are chasing the guy that pulled Justin Bishop, I'm going to show up a person that's already evolved from that one. So I, I think I'm on a trajectory that whether who's making bigger gains or better gains, I, I think that I'm constantly evolving because I had a lot of things to change. Now, if you look at, and, and I've spoken to people prior to these shows, prior to, and, and throughout the duration of your sort of evolution in the sport and prior to our last show where we got all the guys out there that had been throwing mud your way and saying that you were very beatable. Do you sort of have a, a degree of understanding for that? Because if you look at your last outing against Justin, uh, we spoke before that match and you said, look, this is a bit of a no-win match, nearly in some respects, because everybody thinks I'm going to win this. Everybody thinks that I'm a heavy, heavy favourite, and yet Justin's sort of unknown. He's a guy that's been developing at a rapid rate. He comes out, and the first round, he cracks you, and it looks pretty comfortable. So then you speak to people. I've spoken to many arm wrestlers um, between that period of time, and they've said, you know what? Rob's still very beatable because if you look at the result with Justin, Justin smacked him the first pin, ran him really close the second pin. They think that you're touchable. Would you say that that was to a degree your own, um, I don't want to say overconfidence because I know you're not overconfident. But would you say you were a little more relaxed in the setup there? Did you give Justin something that you then took away in that second start, third start, and so on? Yeah, uh, the Justin match has very been similar to me with a lot of matches. And I will say that in the beginning of my career, you know, even if you go back to Arm Wars when I came out with Marcio, you coined mm -hmm. me the name The Confidence. Yeah. Because back then... I did walk into events believing I was the strongest, best guy. I would pull super heavyweights with guys like Travis and John and Dave Chafee in the class because I believed I could win. I had a confidence that I just believed that, and I wasn't a head case. I was a head case in an aggressive way, not in a self-conscious way. Mm -hmm. And then when I hurt myself with Marcio, and then I was going to tournaments, and things, angles I used to hit, things I used to be able to do, guys I used to be able to beat really easy, all of a sudden I found myself struggling. And I was winning events, but it was like I felt like a shadow of what I was. And it, it, it gave me a lot of insecurities going to events because I was always trying to catch somebody I was. And it felt like I was never getting there. So all of a sudden through years, it, it, it became instead of me rolling in hot and heavy, I just always like scared of losing, unsure about what I'm doing. And against Justin, you know, high level match, a lot of pressure. I walk out there, and it's almost kind of like when you're in a fog, you're in a haze. You're walking around kind of like you're watching yourself on TV, and you're going through the motions. And I just got out there, and it was kind of like, put your hand up. And I'm kind of listening to the commands. It's like a first-person shooter. I could see myself doing everything, but I'm not really mentally or physically engaged. And he ran me over. And then the second match got me close. But then once I kind of got engaged and figured out kind of like I was in the setting and everything caught up. I felt, I felt good. And then by match three and four, I feel like it was a real representation of where my strength is that I could just sit and absorb someone of that caliber's best hit, their hand, their everything. So that's something that is 
where I say I have a hole in my game to work on, I wouldn't expect that that same person, same situation is going to show up five months from now when WL kicks off. Because that's something I don't go back and look at how I won. I look at how I could have won better. Now, when obviously you, you, you referred to the Marcio match. And even back then, mate, you were always that slow starter. I seem to recall, correct me if I'm wrong. And if you guys haven't seen that match, if you go on armwars.com and look up the match between Marcio and Rob in Las Vegas, it is a absolute classic encounter. Phenomenal match. Both men, it went everywhere. Absolutely everywhere it could possibly have gone. But I think you went 2-0 down there, Rob. I think you were, you know, really... You were certainly on the losing side of that match for most of it, and then you yep. you seemed to just click into gear mentally, and you were yep. right back there. And as the match finished, you were the guy with the momentum. You know, you looked like the more likely to take that additional pin. So you wind the clock forward to the Justin Bishop match. I wanted to sort of find out, and we're going to bring Ryan in in a minute on this one, but I wanted to find out when you lost that first pin, how, how did you feel there? Were you sort of... You know, did he give it a nervous cough so hard you suck your own underpants up your asshole? Or were you sat there thinking, you know, it's fine, I got this. It was just my, it was my sort of um, callousness. It was my lack All of right, commitment so in that first round. All right, so I talked to you before that in one of the interviews, and I told yeah. you how there's two wolves in me, that I got one that's, uh, you know, it, 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 one's very insecure, one very, mm -hmm. you know, scared, all those things that kind of bring you down. Another one is like the one that's, you know, uh, all good things, all brave, all ready to go, warrior status, and it's whichever one you feed into. After that first match, you have a lot of self-talk that's like, did this guy crack me because he's just that good and he's all the hype I've been hearing? And, you know, you kind of get a little bit like, fuck it, just go through the motions, let him mm -hmm. bang you out, run backstage like everyone else who gets smoked, tell yourself it was a fluke, It'll, you know, and you'll go back to training and come back. Or you can say, you know, take some responsibility that you could do something different and try to rise up. But there's always that line that, you know, I kind of walk until I feel it. I tell myself these things. That's where I'm different than some of these guys. Like they have a lot of self-convincing that they can do things they've never done where I kind of almost need to prove that I can do it. And then once I do it, uh, you know, I kind of run wild with it. This happened with me. I remember when storm, when I was very un unversed in this with straps, and Storm really exploited me in one of the WAL qualifiers. And I was feeling super fucking strong. And he smacked me in the straps in a, in a second. And I'm like, how can this person be that much stronger than me? I know I'm stronger than him. I know I am. But he beat me in the straps in a second. And I came up the loser's bracket. And I had to pull him in the finals best out of five. And I'm like, in my mind, I was already gearing myself up that he's going to run the straps. He's going to crush me, embarrass me. I'm going to go home and make 50 excuses why I could have won that match. Mm -hmm. But instead, in the time off, I went and pulled up one of Devin Larratt's videos. I tell him all the time how to pull in the straps. While I'm on break here, this guy just crushed me in the straps like I didn't exist. I pulled up Devin Larratt's video, how to pull in the straps. I was watching it, and I picked up like three things to do in the straps. I'm like, well, geez, I have a strong wrist. Geez, I have a pretty good lat. Geez, I have a pretty good this. And I just went, okay. And I got up there, and I, as soon as this guy who killed me two hours before, I put the brakes on him and even beat him easy. It all changed for me. All that shit changed for me. But prior to that, prior to me stopping him and beating him, I had myself convinced to go home and just just give it up. So mm -hmm. I'm always a fucking mess. But that's part of my journey that I've got to, through winning, I build more of that confidence that I used to have. And I suppose this next part really applies to both of you. 
<laughs> applies to both of you guys. It's a poem, okay? A poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. My favourite poem. I, I've sort of, my father gave me that, my dad gave me that when I was a kid and said, look, everything in life, everything about being a man is in this. Just read the poem. I'd have a lot of things, issues, various things in life, and he'd always just, I'd come back pissed off, something had gone wrong, and he'd be like, read the poem. It's all in the poem. And I do the same with my sons now. But one of the most famous lines in there is, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If, you know, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. And that's a key thing in the situation that you guys are in, because if you look at Ryan Bowen there in Australia and he's progressing rapidly, he's getting better in all areas. And he sees Justin Bishop, a guy that he's had his sights set on. He sees Justin come out round one, crack you over. And he knows that in a strap, he feels unbelievable and he, he feels like you may have weaknesses in a strap. It's therefore conceivable that he's joining up these dots, whether that be correctly or incorrectly, he's joining up the dots where he has a path around you, Rob. Do you sort of, do you make allowance for that doubting or do you, do you, you, know, do you see that that's there? You know, okay, so I'll do two examples for me, I mean, if he looks at it that way, I can appreciate that. I do. And I see that in, as a person that tries to be a little more intellectual the way I look at things. I would see some of that, too. But I also couldn't get past that ugly fucking monster that by round three or four, I didn't just win in the straps. I let him hit. I let him take off. I let him fire away. And I was looking at everybody telling them how great I was. I mean, I can't look at the fact that by time I got in my groove, that person who lost in the straps was really in a super comfortable, overly strong, overly dominating taking. I didn't hit. I didn't initiate. I just held my arm there static and let him bounce. And that's just the brass tacks of it. And even if you go there's back there's to Jordan two Sill, different Rob Vigeons. What's there's that? Definitely two, there's definitely two different Rob Vigeons. Well, there's I mean, yes, two. you can look at what he did. Or would you say, how could there be that big a contrast in only five minutes? This guy gets smacked to the pad, and then five minutes later, he's taken the hit. He's When you've got enough power and reserve to let somebody hit you, and you just sit there with your wrist, your arm static, and I can look up to, to Neil Pickup and say, who's the fucking man? And while somebody's banging away on him, there's a considerable gap in strengths everywhere, especially with somebody as good in the straps as Justin. I didn't outstrap him. I was just really yeah, you just strong. Had strong you, had, you had the stronger hand. It, it was... Yeah, it's I, I I flat out will say, like watching Rob as an arm wrestler, without a doubt, one of the biggest weaknesses I see in Rob's game is is that sheep that normally turns up as opposed to the angry wolf that he's referring to, and I think that anyone has an opportunity. We all have opportunities to exploit mental sides of our opponent's game, and and for me, my mental side, I, I've I've hit a I've hit a real position within my own head where. I, I just don't fear the result, win or lose. And that unlocks my ability to be my best version of myself in every start. And it's exciting because of that. Um, and that, that was something that I learned over time through my pursuits in, in professional tennis. I, I wasn't that guy in professional tennis. And, and, I, and, I, and I quit 
having made it close to the level I was I was looking for. And then when I found arm wrestling, I said, well, no, let's learn from that. And I gave myself permission to lose. And as soon as you give yourself permission to lose and you just respect your opponent to say, look, if they're good enough to beat you, fantastic, but they're going to have to beat the, the damn best version of it. And then that puts you in a mindset where teeing off on someone is is easy to do in your mind. And Rob Rob's definitely got a weakness there. And and as much as as much as he can improve on that over time, it'll always be something that is going to be a, in a, in comparison. And, and like when you like when you take on Travis Bajan, if you try to out Travis Travis in the, in the in the energy sense prior to the match, you end up looking silly. Uh, so if Rob, Rob that's not Rob's game. If Rob was to try to out mentally come out crazy or something like that i think that there'd be risk of misfiring there i i I agree that rob's rob's vulnerable round one two and then then once he's felt some blood tasted some blood in the water it's a different rob for sure but do you think think, ryan that you i mean let's break that back with justin do you actually perceive are you sort of making those comparisons with yourself and Justin and thinking that, okay, let's break this down. Justin is the guy that's got that, that acid hand and wrist and he needs to finish mm. fast because if there's an arm strength battle here in a strap, he isn't winning it against Rob. Yeah. However, I am now in a situation that I've made enough gains in arm strength, side pressure, that I can put the bleed on Rob. And in that second round where it was nip and tuck for a while, had that been me, Rob wouldn't have been able to finish my arm that quickly. I, 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 believe, that I, believe if, yeah, I believe that if I had have achieved the same position that Justin Bishop did round one, that I would not have pinned Rob and I would have gone into a Devin Larratt-style defensive squeeze. Right. And that, as much as opponents say they'll never pin themselves, and th- th- they do eventually because they realise how inefficient their position becomes. And so for me, that's been a big focus of my arm wrestling is to, to achieve that. So yeah, I believe now that I have enough strength that if I get a hand superior position in a match against anyone in the middleweight division that I can then put on a squeeze that is going to cause them real problems if they continue to fight against it. That'd be Let better off just on that one, though. When you say that, and this isn't a constant barrage of attacks on you, but what it is is I do like to deal with some fast fact-based stuff. And the last time yeah. we really saw you was pulling Alan Guerra, who basically you had everything. He gave you the kitchen sink. You had everything, and you really struggled. And at times, I think he might have even secured that pin with the flopped wrist. And I think Alan's another up-and-coming puller. Great arm, yeah. strong guy, but he's not a top-10 arm in that division. He's just not. Yeah. I'm kind and of like Devin Larry. Like you would do it just ugly. because you don't even know the Justin Bishop that we're talking about. So no, Justin's but... never touched Ron Bath even left-handed, but yet he goes back to the tournament three days after pulling me and beats Ron Bath left-handed. So we don't even know where Justin really is. Justin could be super incredible, way better than we all thought. He just doesn't really look that way because he lost to me. But we don't know. We don't really know where yeah, he goes. We don't. We don't indeed. But for for me, my style of arm wrestling, I, I I really do back myself in that squeeze situation. If I if I if I what you saw against Alan, yeah, sure, that was it. I I believe that I have made just significant strength gains in the things that matter a hell of a lot from that position. Where I'm at right now, if I went to that exact same position with Alan again, 
everything that Todd Hutchins has trained me on and, and the numbers that have gone up would make that much, much more comfortable. But I Todd can't even out. tell you how to finish that position because he couldn't finish that position with Jerry. No, that's the thing. Well, to Todd is not my arm wrestling coach. He's my strength coach. I, I, I arm wrestle like Ryan Bowen. I, I, I study... I studied John on offense. I studied Devin and Prudnik on defense. And and I get strong according to the methodologies of Todd Hutchings. Um, right. I, uh, I asked him for... Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, we, we are... Our own, every arm wrestler feels different, so we can't be like... Like, we but can't replicate it. I'm just saying, you're saying you finish it with your hand, and I saw you struggle with the dude with his hand back when Mike Solaris just ended that shit quick and easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mike's got a better hand than I've got in terms of that ability, that bigger hand to continue to twist in someone's wrist. So so the, the grip that I had on Alan wasn't one where I was going to continue to twist. And I, I, I could have ended Alan earlier, but I, I, I chose to sit there and, and let him do his <laughs> you thing. You want to struggle and, and turn red and sweat and get yeah, he had, he had, and beg for fouls. He had more red line, he yeah. had more red line than I expected after that. And I, I take my hat off to him. He, he, he died on his sword and he gave it everything. And that that's that's awesome. Um, Dallas Langston did the same thing. I, I took Dallas Dallas's hand after feeling after losing the first round of feeling. Okay, that's where it's at. I I adjusted, took his hand, and he died on his sword too. People, and the reason why people die on their sword so bad against it is because I feel like the way I arm wrestle is in is it's an intelligent form of arm wrestling that baits people to make errors, and I, I will continue to bait people to make errors until they either entirely gas out or or recognize that what they're doing and either go all in like Alan and Dallas did and then ruin themselves for the rest of the match or pin themselves. And so I feel my honest my honest comparison of Justin and that is yeah, if I if I achieved a similar position that Justin did on on you, Rob, that it would be a yeah, very Yeah, but that's not the first time that's match. happened. So you see, yeah. when I pulled Jordan Sill, everyone thinks he just dusted me in a hook. The first match, he turned me into a palm up spot. Now, we, we don't give enough credit to how fucked up some of these starts in the WAL and the straps can be. I mean, what did we see? We saw Ermes Gasparini burn Matt Mask, and then two matches later, you know, Matt's, uh, the next match, Matt's burning him. Sometimes setups, starts, and all that shit. When I pulled Jordan, I was already tied under, already half-palmed up, and I should have shot the hook, but I try to roll back, and I end up stretched palm up. I let it go. I just nod my head, let it go. Come back, yeah. win the next two matches, in the third match, in the straps. But, yeah. you know, to well, say hypothetical things that people big... hold on and gas out, you got to have enough arm. You can only get an endurance battle with somebody if you're comparable with them, like, power-wise. That's my yeah. take on it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to take a short break just now, but please don't go anywhere. We will be right back hearing more from Ryan Bowen and Rob Vigent Jr. in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys. Let's get straight back into the mix with tonight's guests, Rob Vigent Jr. and the man from down under, Ryan Blue Bowen. Do you do you think you are, Ryan? Are you strong as Rob? Are you stronger than Rob? No, I, I still think Rob's stronger than me. I, I, I do. Uh, but I think I bring other weapons to the table. I think I'm better at strapping. I think I'm I'm better at winning the, the mental side of the manipulations required to get extra leverage and I, I just not one super that's, retard that's, rob comes out that's 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 always been like I, you early days for me i was all 
talking about wizardry being the most valuable commodity in arm wrestling. I, I have really good instincts on micro movements when it comes to filling gaps and strong guys for me it's a disadvantage to start strong in this sport i started incredibly weak in this sport and i had to to climb i was beating people way stronger than me for, for forever in this sport because of those micro movements that i was making and those micro movements have never faded away they're always there as a focus for me in the way that i prepare for any match and and if, like Rob's, you either win that battle or you lose that battle. It, it, so I, I think I'm Rob makes a good point there, battle. Ryan. To be fair, yeah. I think Rob makes a good point. You, one one thing just to pick up on there, your incremental game, I think, is beyond any question. You you can pull. There's no doubt. Yeah. You can pull anywhere. I'm actually a really big fan of your arm wrestling, mate. I think you you pull really well. You pull very intelligently. I'd go so far as to say I think Rob respects your arm wrestling as well. Is that the case, Rob? Obviously, you've seen. Ryan oh, 100%. Ryan, Ryan's yeah. a great arm wrestler. We jar at each other. Um, there's a few things that we jar at, but I would have the same conversation. with. Once you get to know me, a lot of people don't know me. They think I'm a dick. But really, it's just like to, I like to debate and bust balls and things like that. I see Ryan coming on for his dedication. I do respect him, of course. Now, if you, uh, the, the point I was going to pick up on there is around the strength. You were said in order for that incremental game to be effective... And this is something I'd really endorse. In order for that incremental game to be effective, the strength gap has to be close. Mm. Because if the strength uh, gap is significant, it's over. There is no increment. There's just... Yeah, I, 100%. The, the, those micro-movements only are relevant when, when you're within a certain power range, for sure. And, so do you so think you, yeah, I'm gambling. I'm gambling. My, my, in my head, I just, I'm guessing. I don't, I've never touched Rob's hand, so I don't know. I can only just observe what he does against other people. But yeah, I, I go off the advice of the people that have gripped Rob that have now gripped me that it, that'll yep. say, I, you form a picture of everything you got. And within that, I just think, yeah, look, it, it, it might be time. It might, it might already be there. It literally might already be there. It might not. But, but it's it fair to say, right, that you haven't gripped anybody that's gripped me when I wasn't in that gap of say, yeah, well, um, I haven't, gripped, yeah, I haven't when, gripped when I talked about being too, yeah. injured and off, off and really 195. None, the only person that's ever grabbed me that you've probably trained with was John back when. What but about I've had Devin? Some good matches with John. What about Devin? Yeah, Devin, yeah. Devin, I've only practiced with. Okay. I was going to say, I, thought, I mean, I'm oh, sure only Ryan's practiced him, but I, as far well, as John, I know, John, Devin I mean, doesn't. I think, listen to. I listened to John's interview. And I know you don't like taking the opinions of, of people as any, any sort of relevancy, but you are right that John is in a position to be able to make comparisons. And he, he will say, he quoted, uh, listened to it talking with Neil the other night. He said, the fast guys might be able to pop Ryan, but, but if there's a, if there's a stop, there's a real sticking point where all of a sudden you think, what, what the hell's going on? Why, why did I just lose to this ginger from Narnia? Who's who looks twice as weak as I am. But right, you've never pulled the John that I pulled either, in due respect. No, of course, so, of course not. You know, if you go to, a, if you ever take a time off from the gym, you ever take time off from the gym. Let's say, let's say you do sets of pull ups, sets of twenty, warm up, no problem. Do three of them, whatever it is you do. Go take six months off from the gym, get back in the gym, and go to do your warm up pull ups. That one set feels like a death, death set, and then you can't even do other sets. You're so blown yeah. up and weak. So what used to be That's rudimentary right. so you're, for you so you're, is you're, now hard. Yeah, yeah, yes, but you're just saying you don't believe John's aware of his own body and his self-awareness to be able to. I'm just saying that it's hard to gauge power when I was pulling the guy that was fucking killing everybody in the world at every weight, and now you're pulling a guy that I know, I know I would go practice with and beat. 
Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. He's about to pull top eight, so we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, what, in a year? I mean, well, of course. Uh, it's going to be a different dude all year. over again. And then you can yeah. send me videos. When, when the guy wins top eight, then you can send me videos of you stalemating them. I mean, it's, let's be realistic here about different forms of different people. I just, you know, uh, yeah. when he says things about so Mike, back where on your you micro adjustments. Question, question for you, Rob. Where do you think I'm at in my strength progression? Like, how 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 close to my potential do you think I am? That that I don't am know. I Actually, six years deep, twenty four seven, doing double a day workouts, training on a table all the time. You might be goddamn near the cap, unless you implement a lot more drugs, which is often the case with guys. But six years deep. Training as hard as you have, as much as you have, without going a route of a crazy different chemical routine, you might be at the cap. Yeah. Well, consider that my first four and a half years, I literally only trained my hand. I'd, I'd go back and look at my YouTube Well, that's impossible, Ryan. You can't say that. Did you go to arm wrestling training practices? Yeah. I mean, I what did you guys do? Did you fucking arm, arm wrestle or did you arm wrestle? You can't only train your hand if you're actually grabbing yeah, the other yeah. arm and trying to pin you. Dudes. just... You've just identified. Go and watch Devin Larratt train against anyone. He doesn't use his arm. That's why the world thinks he doesn't? That, like everyone. Every the world thinks that everyone can beat Devin Larratt because he trains by giving away his bicep opens up and uses cupping, dragging, and pronation. But he does have to name. hold them from pinning him, right? We are on there, the same. There, there, there right? is there is a percentage, but a very low percentage relative to denying someone center with back pressure, side pressure, and wrist rise. That's a very that's the Devin that turns up at tournaments compared to the Devin that is open arm and free flowing movement. That I, is how I, I train. You're talking some weird shit to me. I don't I don't see it. I think if you're arm wrestling, well, that, you are the using your arm to some degree. You are working your arm. That's the, the nuts and yeah. bolts of it. But that's you know I'm just yep. kind of a Neanderthal there, I guess. Yeah, maybe watch a few more Devin videos. I will say this though. <laughs> I will say this. I did have an interview with Justin, and I don't like to put Justin on blast because he's, he's, I consider him a friend as well. But he did have an interesting conversation with me and Neil, and he basically talked about all the things the other guys did wrong against me coming into pulling me. Because he looked at all the videos and was like, well, Storm did the same thing over and over. And this one did the same thing, and they're just pulling the guy wrong. And I got tricks up my sleeve. And only once he got a hold of it and got actually into the fight, he did the same thing over and over too. You know why? He didn't have an option. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You got to be in the power. Only until you get a hold of it do you know. There's a lot of guys out there that talk shit about being badasses and they're going to go into MMA and kill everybody. Then they get in their cage and get put to sleep and they realize maybe that wasn't the best option for them. It happens. I I agree. And look, you you, you might be right. I might get murdered by Justin and I might never even get a shot at you. But the momentum that I feel within myself, it's just, it's and, and the mental state that comes with it. And the fact that I know I'm nowhere near my my strength potential yet, just just makes me think that look, it, it's it's highly likely that the the ball keeps rolling, and and we'll we'll find out. So yeah, I'm, I'm, not anybody, to, I'm not here to I'm not here to tell you. I don't begrudge anybody aspirations. Like, I don't begrudge anybody goals. I would I would think you're a clown if you didn't have them. It's just kind of I think everyone's problem is you kind of want to push those instead of stepping through. If you put your head down and just banged with guys like like Paul Lynn and Storm, or Brent Rockers, whoever the fuck they give you, then you're just banging away. But I, I think from day one, even, before you even had any progressions, people's problems mm-hmm. that you were constantly thrusting yourself out there, yeah. instead of just letting it, you know, people say, I don't buy but too much that, of that. that Lay that your arm, do the talking, but to a degree, you've got to yeah. let some results talk. 
No, I agree, and that that's been me since I was since my inception as as a as a human being. When I was when I was six years old and I was in Division Three in tennis, I would be constantly hounding the the tennis pro to put me in Division One, and I would say to him, "Look, if there is anyone who pulls out on Division One and because they're sick or something, I'm your man to fill in." I would always I've always been a throw myself in the deep end kind of guy, and that's that has driven my progression in a technical sense. It's driven my progression in a mental sense. It's driven my progression in a lot of ways. And so that that's that's what you, you say there is very true. I've done that nationally. I've done that internationally. I, I always, the fastest way of dragging myself up is to take on someone that is better than me. Oh, yeah. I agree I think with that. I agree ordinarily, with that. I think, Ryan. I think it's maybe with your presence on social media, it can get overwhelming. You'll you use, can, the, you, you've got a, a lot of content out there. A lot yeah, the, of content. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's a lot to be said in throwing yourself at the deep end, you know, and, and starting early. But when you're in infancy, you know, if you if if you're a baby in the sport and you you, you effectively roll off roll off your mum's breast and straight to the bar and order a vodka, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily taste nice. What what I would say is that to be honest, Ryan, do I'm not sure you would probably get the best um, progression opportunity by beating Justin now. But I know that's a match you want, and I know it's a match a lot of people want to see. And, and it's probably a match that Justin wants as well because of the amount of talk around that match, and he's a proud guy. But yeah. do you see yourself going, Justin, Rob, or do you think you would, in your mind, do you see you getting a match with Justin? And if you won that match? You'd then get the match with who? Froda, Paul Lynn. Who, who who have you got in that mind? Because you must be thinking, okay, let's say I take the match with Justin first, and I lose yeah. the match with Justin. I actually then drop way down. Whereas if yeah, I yeah, if I, if I, I lost to Justin, then yeah. If whereas, I lose to Justin, it, it, sorry, you go, you go, you go. Well, I was going to say a faster rate. You know, for somebody who's who's thinking their way to the title. Paul Lynn's probably a better match in some ways because, you know, Paul Lynn's that guy that everybody's saying, uh, ooh, you know, this guy could be real. He's progressive I, at a rate yeah, or not. I have, I have had one match with Paul Lynn. Um, it was, what, what was it? Almost two years ago. It was June 2017 or something like that. Whatever, whatever it was. 2018. June, early 2018. And, and Paul was too strong as a, as a human all around for me. And, and I, I, I think out of all the people in the current crop of middleweights, Paul is the is the biggest problem for me in the in the progression of the, I I would feel a million times more confident going into a match against Justin Bishop than Paul in simply out of I've touched both of their hands and feeling the way they both move, feeling the length of Paul's arm and the allocation of strength that he has. It's a tougher nut to crack for me, Paul Lynn. And I know that but man. You've got to is... also, you've got to also understand. Like I said, Justin's like thirty pounds heavier, or at least twenty than he's been. That's a yep. different deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, Justin wasn't one seven six when he was here. Justin was one ninety pounds when he was here. But um, Paul Lynn is a little bit more your Danny Tesh. Yeah, Paul, he, he's he's Paul, a big Paul man. Lynn is, you know what I mean? Yeah, bigger I, the weight. I, I, it's no disrespect to Justin, but I I would prefer if my life was on the line and I had to win this match, I would pick Justin rather than Paul. Yeah. yeah. Paul Lynn is a big lad at the weight. I mean, he's probably walking round 215. And Paul, Lynn, the other thing about Paul Lynn is Paul Lynn's just the nicest person. I've said in a previous show, uh, you know, he's the type of guy you invite around the house to sleep with your wife. 
He's just like the nicest bloke of all time. And and he's not the guy that goes out there and I mean, you can go up to Paul Lynn and say, oh, do you think you could beat Rob Vigent Jr.? And he's like, oh, I don't know whether I'm ready for, for Rob. You know, he's yeah. just not that guy. And yet, he's a beast. The man is an athlete. Yeah. And look at what well, he does online. His work ethic is is second to none, and I mean he's proven it in as an athlete in, in many oh. in many respects already. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think he is a real student of the sport too. In the study sense, I see him really analysing the matches um, that he goes into, and, and and I've had conversations with Paul um, in preparations when he was when he was coming into WAL, and and he 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 asked for advice for me on that. Like we we talked about matches together on multiple occasions, so. Yeah. I, I share similarities with Paul in the way that he dissects a, a, an opponent. And so that combination, I know it's very hard to win that wizardry battle against Paul where I feel like the other guys who don't put as much emphasis on that, it's harder. So for me, the, the complete package that Paul is, is, is a dangerous man. Now, what with about you Storm? saying about the hammer, we'll get to Storm in one moment, but with you saying about the hammer, Ryan, mm. I remember at the, at the top of this whole series of, of discussion, you said... I don't really focus on the man. It's not Rob. It's the fact that Rob has the hammer. Well, if you were sort of charting your progression, you'd really you'd you'd go for Paul. Is that something that you welcome? Do you really? Yeah, want yeah that? I, well, I honestly, I honestly think that if Paul had a match with Rob, that there's a chance the hammer changes hands um, next year. That like that that's that's it's a viable option. Um, you think it should be so next for Rob? Well, I, I think that, yeah, Paul, Paul is in, in the conversation where he very much could be. Like, depending on the way that the matches play out, I think that the next Hammer match could be could be Paul. I mean, he was considered for the last Hammer match, and he's one step ahead of me in terms of the, that hierarchy. Like I said, I would love Justin next for all the storyline, the marketing, the finishing yeah. the, the finishing that match that, that was started in, back in 2017. That that's my. If I could pick any match, it's Justin without a doubt. And I would imagine, let's say I was at six oh one against Justin. I imagine six oh two could easily be Paul Lynn against Rob. That would so, make sense. Quick one for Rob. You're looking at this, and you're looking at the field of athletes below you, and those challenges coming up. And we heard from Paul Lynn the other day. He said he puts himself into that next tier of challenges. And, and another man he mentioned there was Frodo Hogland, who who a lot of people know. As a supermatch arm wrestler, is another very dangerous individual. Do you think that um, number one, Ryan? Do you think you match well with Froda? And then Rob? Do you think if you see a match with Froda Hogland and Rob and uh, Ryan, sorry, who do you believe wins that? And we'll start with Ryan. Yeah, I, I think that Froda and I would have a tremendous match. I think that I, I, I think I would take his wrist slightly. I think I'd have it slightly kicked kick back. Um, but I know that Froda doesn't lay down from there, and and. The ability for me to transition into a finishing position where where I'm pressing with his wrist back would be very very difficult. I think you would have a a, a twenty minute match over over five rounds potentially there. Like that, that's something that would drag out. I'd I'd love it. I yeah, I think that that'd be an awesome match. And, yeah, and Rob, respect for Fred. How do you see that? Are you asking me about him and Ryan, uh, Froder and Ryan? Froder and Ryan, yeah. Yeah, I, th I like that match. I mean, like I said, I break Ryan's balls just because uh, the little jibber-jabber online. I don't get to defend myself enough on social media, but I, I do see him as a very good arm wrestler. And if somebody's got a weakness in their hand or wrist, that he's going to be a nightmare for you. And I did have him picked over Alan Guerra for that reason, and he did win for that reason. Um, I think Froda might be a little more enduring, a little more... Uh, 
comfortable with his wrist back if it goes back. I think Frodo's just a, a notch up from Alan Guerra, so that could be that could be a good one. I like. I think it's a great match to have. I think it'll have a very similar shape to being Alan. Like, there's it, a good chance it looks like yeah, it's it's Alan, but a little bit more horsepower. Yeah, you're like you'll probably better and stronger where you are, but you're dealing with a stronger guy from what you pulled. So I think I think yeah. it could max you both out and. Uh, I think there's going to be areas on the table that Froda is going to be stronger and he is going to be a little more savvy and he's probably a little more comfortable in the, the bigger shows. And I think a little bit of the chinks in Alan's armor, I think Froda rounds those out pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, I Rob, a great match. I'd love to see it. If you were looking, and I'm going to let you get off here after this one, guys, just to close up because I'm conscious it's probably like, 12 minutes to 20 minutes past midnight over in Australia. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a late one for Ryan. But, Rob, your next opponent in World Arm Wrestling League 600 Series, from the crop of middleweights that are out there now, do you think that Paul Lynn represents the logical next step for you? Is that a match you'd like? Uh, a match I like? It's, it's, it's tough to say a match I like because everybody's been showing up, you know, bigger stronger better the these series have had the way of bringing out the best of people and yeah paul paul looks like a a upcoming threat there are guys that even though they've pulled in the middleweights that i think like a looming craig toulier that poor bastard's had a tough run but he might be you know stronger than all the contenders that are out there he might be able to wax all the contenders that are out there but where he had a shot he might be down on the totem pole but for his tools and for the question marks out there, uh, just for the same reason that Justin Bishop got the shot, that there was no data with me and him, that he's been on a good run, um, I would think that Paul is definitely an option. And Ryan, same question, mate. If you had, if you could pick your own script for next series, who would that match be? Who's your next step? All things considered. I think, like, ideally, without a doubt, Justin next. If I'm going to put a, an extra step in between Justin and and Rob, assuming Rob maintains the the title, then I'd put Craig too. Yeah, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to pull Craig as well. Wow, ballsy move, ballsy move, pulling a real danger, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let these guys jump off now. We've had two tremendous conversations over two weeks of podcast, fellas. Thanks a lot for joining us absolute pleasure really good stuff thank you so much no i appreciate it thank you both of you take care ladies and gentlemen that is all we got time for unfortunately we gotta bring the curtain down on rvj and ryan bowen what an entertaining couple of weeks we got from those boys Ladies and gents, I want to thank those guests for coming on tonight's show. I also want to thank all of you, as always, for taking your time to tune in and check us out here at the World Arm Wrestling League. And we hope that you will do so same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. 
Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who will help build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.